only fear regret. So I think from that point on, when I started liking running, is when I realized that it was one of the only things that I was doing in my life absolutely for myself. Like it's a very absurd concept of going out of your, stepping out of your house, opening the door to just go run and come back. Sometimes you see people run and you're like, what are you running away from? Hey guys, my name is Anthony and I am your host for this episode of this Try and Seek podcast where we welcome young athletes from endurance runners to strength athletes to have an insight on their motivation and daily ventures. Now, sit back and enjoy this first episode where we welcome our very first guest, Armand Sarshogi, a good friend of mine who ran his very first marathon under the th three-hour barrier this past October at only 18 years old. Armand, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm great yourself. I'm great too, thank you. So first question I got for you, what got you into running? So what got me into running was probably, I'd say the start of my running was my last year of elementary school where the school organized the weekend trip, so a two day trip to the Ottawa Tamarack weekend. Um, I think to me, Ottawa is the best race I've ever ran. I've ran multiple times and I haven't ran that many races, but there's clearly something about Ottawa. Maybe it's the crowd, which is absolutely overwhelming. I've never seen a crowd like this. The whole path is paved with two, two, two lines of spectators that goes the whole way. Um, maybe it's how well it's organized or like the fact that it's after the tulip festival. So at the finish line, you have, you can see the beautiful tulips. I don't know. It's just, it's a very, it's a race that's very dear to my heart. And I ran when I was 12, I believe the 5k. I finished in a time of like 26 minutes, which is not bad, but it's not like performance ready. It's not like too, I wasn't training so hard or whatever, but I was in a good shape for a 12 year old kid. I was playing other sports and so on. Yeah. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. So from there, my mom forced us, or not forced us, encouraged us to go every year back to the Ottawa Marathon as a weekend family trip. So with my dad, my brother, and my mom, we went to Ottawa every week, every year. The next year, when I was 13, I wanted to show, so we were registering for the race, and I wanted to show my dad and bigger brother that, like, I was one of the big boys. I wanted to do a race that they wouldn't do. So the, the <laughs> my race being my second so far, I would do the 10 and they would do the five, right? Yeah. So I registered for the 10. And my dad's ego couldn't handle it. So he also registered for the 10 and my brother as well. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, I was set on, on running a faster time than them. So I don't remember my time. Should have been around something like 56, 57 minutes. Uh, again, which is not bad, but... I didn't, I was running with soccer shoes, didn't do much training. <laughs> I had no more legs after, like I could not walk a, like a, a step more. It was hard for me getting back to the car to go home. So from there, the next year was the same deal. So I was like, no, I want to be one of the big boys. I want to run more than them. And, and note that that year I ran faster than my brother and dad. So oh, congrats, <laughs> I, congrats. And uh, the next year, I registered for the half marathon. My mom being all very concerned, 
oh, you're so young, running a half marathon. If you want to do it, you need to talk to your doctors, get informed, train for very seriously. So we just did for the half marathon. Obviously, my dad and my brother also could not, their ego could not handle it. So they had to register for the half marathon. I was a bit bummed out again, but I was set on running a faster time than that. So once again, I didn't really train or there was no serious training, but there was obviously like, I would go running maybe twice a week and before the race, two weeks before the race, I would go running a, a few times, like a 8K, 10K. And I'd do that my first half marathon in one hour 55, I think, at the wow, age of okay. 14. 14, yeah. nice. A youngster. And, uh, yeah, it was not easy for my baby legs. Like you stop chicken <laughs> legs at 14. So I, I felt the pain. But I fell in love with running then, I would say, when I was uh, when I was 14 and I ran my first half marathon. Yeah. And do, do you know what exactly made you fell in lo- fall in love with uh, running? Is it like a specific uh, feeling or is it just like the the whole competition aspect? I don't know. I think it was my mom working with a lot of people. Like she was always talking about her clients, Ironman ventures and her clients marathon ventures and so on and how great iron man is wow so amazing so i wanted to i think i wanted to impress my mom (laughs) (laughs) and running a half marathon was really that point where i was like yeah i'm 14 i run a half marathon i was taking a lot of pride in it let's say it that way yeah sweet sounds good so and from this first half marathon what is like your progression to the runner? Well, actually to the marathon you ran this past October. So, yeah. So that would really be the whole of my running journey as the marathon was maybe the, the half was the first real race I participated in, which where I trained a bit and sure. the marathon was the last uh, so far. So from then I ran another half marathon next year, Ottawa again in one hour, 45 um, that year was okay. the first year I trained running more than like a 10k. I think I did like a week 8k every day for a 15 year old. That's not on a training plan. Like you have to be careful. But I was a bit reckless. So that year I ran a 145, I believe, and um, I had some mileage in my legs. The next was the year I would not run the same race as my dad and brother. And my mom started getting into running uh, that year too. So she ran a. F- uh, five and then the next year 10 so that was i was like we were a whole running family we, we became oh, that's family. nice yeah and um so that was in 2019 where i ran a different race than my brother and and um dad i ran the voyager challenge at ottawa the voyager challenge is where you run the five and the 10 on the saturday of the weekend and on the sunday you run you run the half marathon <laughs> wow and um did you try to run them all out? Uh, I didn't really have a plan, <laughs> but I uh, I don't know. I ran the five in something like 22 minutes, the 10 in something like 43, and the half in 40, 146, which was slower than my previous year. Okay. And I was a bit disappointed in that because I, I had trained a lot more than my last year still no structure in my plan i just went out for like 14 17 kilometer runs like two a few days before which is which resulted in a shin splint so my first ever running injury a shin splint after the 21 um no not the, the 2019 voyager challenge that same year um we went to colorado with my family 
Colorado being like the land of trail running, um, we met this doctor guy on the plane or in the airport, and he was talking about how he went to Colorado to Boulder for a one week trail running camp with Sage Canada and whatever. And oh, my mom wow. was like, "Yeah, my son likes to run too. He runs a <laughs> he runs a a one forty five half marathon and." He wants to run the Boston Marathon. So about here, I started wanting to run the Boston Marathon. I saw, like, for, like, everybody knows Elliot Kipchoge. So I saw Elliot running, and I saw... So I, I, be, I got a bit more into the running community, and I saw what was the three-hour barrier, what was the two-hour barrier. So I, I knew I couldn't reach the two-hour barrier, obviously, but I, <laughs> I thought I could qualify for Boston. And I wanted to be different, so I wanted to do it before I was 18 years old. Sure, sure. Um, so we met that guy and that guy was really mean it's like yeah if, what's your half i was like 145 all excited and he was like yeah maybe if you train a bit and like you in a few years if you're very very persistent i don't know he was it just motivated like i was a bit angry at that guy for for not believing in me like he's a doctor he works at at the the like a pediatric hospital like be nice man <laughs> so and then a week later, I registered for the Ottawa Marathon. So we went to Colorado. That was in August. And the Ottawa Marathon is always in May. So I had a f- half a year to, to, to train and uh, a bit more. To, and uh, yeah, I was, really, I was really motivated. But that's the year that COVID hit. The famous year, yeah. Yeah. So I had gotten... and. For the marathon, my mom was really, really not on board. So I went, I actually did go to see a few doctors. I had gone to see a physio for my shin splint because I, I didn't know what a shin splint was. I was all panicking. Oh my God, my, my tibia is like broken. Yeah, and, it's, uh, like, it's really a weird injury because it's not your muscles. So you can't really exactly. feel them by yourselves. It's only like it, it hurts on your, really on your tibia. Yeah, you, even you if, think even if a it's a bone. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's like the muscles pulling. You you still firmly believe that it's a bone it's a problem, hammer it's hitting strictly, your tibia. exactly. Yeah. And the the um, the longer you run on it, it's like the harder the hammer hits your tibia. Exactly. And the, like the more precise the point is. But yeah, just yeah, go on. And being a run- young runner, like you have no idea what a shin splint is. You just think you have a exactly. broken tibia. <laughs> so, and you know, getting into a sport, you often hear uh, push through the pain. However, shin splints is a different thing or just injuries. Absolutely. As runners, we have to make the difference between like good pain and actual injuries. And at first, I also had shin splints. And when I first um, felt my shin splints, I was just like, oh, I'm just going to push through them. And I I ran like two, two years on them until I actually... Oh took a break <laughs> so that's why i still have issues issues with uh, shin splints today but yeah, it's r- running uh, helps us to be more conscious about yeah, our body yeah you have to be mature when running you can't just yeah, yeah. that's absolutely yeah, a, a valid yeah it's like, a big thing people always ask why is it that you like running running is, is just painful <laughs> but yeah like, good question if you if you go to to like a soccer scrimmage with your buddies are you going to be panting and are your lungs going to be burning afterwards? Absolutely not. If you go running, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be like your lungs shouldn't be burning and you shouldn't be like your kneecaps shouldn't be falling out. You just have, if you go for a run, you're supposed to enjoy it, get home, go for a shower, whatever, 
have a beer afterwards whatever like it's it's an activity it's like you should see it as a a, a ride around the neighborhood on your bike it's the same yeah, thing definitely yeah. i know you read this book too born to run by christopher mcdougall yeah i i book. definitely recommend it a hundred percent it really uh, gives insight on how humans are like the title says born to run and super interesting on how we evolved to uh well before we evolved to the point we are today the only way we could survive was by endurance running mm-hmm. and it's really interesting yeah. how we still see the these roots and how they can still apply to how we live today we just have to like dig in to find these roots again and he calls it he talks about the antelope hunting which is absolutely fascinating how we can hunt by just yeah running it's Anyways, crazy yeah so so yeah you are born to run and once you do start running you understand that you are yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> um so where was i i was uh, i registered for a for the marathon and i saw my physio a couple of doctors and uh, my physio works at la clinique du coureur which is a clinic in montreal and now it's expanding to italy in some places that um, is very fitted for runners. So they have training plans. So I use the marathon training plan to run under three hours. I start baby legs. I was 16. So it, it's not easy to run high mileage when you're, you don't have experience or when you're still that young. And I remember going for like my first 28 kilometer run and there was no maturity in the 17, 16 year old running a 28 kilometer run. You want to go as fast as possible you want to yep. <laughs> you want to look cool while, do, while doing it but it's just not possible for your first 28k run like you, you need to take it easy so i remember i did a 28k at 4:13 per, per kilometer which is i believe exactly on pace and i was super happy but i could not have hold it like held it a second more which didn't go through my brain it was just like oh i did it i can do it i can keep it up for well, another 14k you know at least it looked good on strava that's what that's, that's what I I was thinking about. You know, I was running. Of course, in I need to have this run on Strava. Keep running. Imagine you do this twenty eight k at like four thirteen per k. So it's like you're on pace. It's a really good run, and then you just forget to save the activity. Oh my god! It didn't happen if you don't save it, right? That's what they say. Exactly. If it's so. not on Strava, it didn't happen. So from there, I learned that it was cancelled in in March of that year, so two months before the the marathon. And um, so when COVID hit, and I had an extra year to train, basically, which I think was a blessing because I wouldn't have made it under three hours. And probably the marathon would have been an extremely traumatizing, like, experience. And I maybe would have given up on it. So that gave me an extra year to run the Petit Train du Nord marathon um, uh, last October, so October of 2021. It gave me two years, actually. So I trained for that. Wait, ju- just a second. Can you just explain what what is specific about this uh, this marathon? So the Petit Train du Nord marathon is um, in Mont Tremblant. So there's a, there's a pathway um, which is half paved, half gravel that goes from Saint-Jérôme all the way to Mont Tremblant. So it's just a straight line. Yeah, a straight basically. line. Um, Saint-Jérôme being a bit above Laval and Montremont being the, the famous ski resort. And so if you come, if you go from Montreal up to Montremont, obviously you're going up. But if you're going the other way, you'll be going down the whole way, 
which is the blessing of this marathon. So <laughs> even though you're running on gravel, you will be going down a few 200 meters during the whole marathon. And there's almost no parts where it goes up except a few like tiny, tiny hills, tiny, tiny bumps. So if you want to do a fast time, you'll be doing it there. I think this year they got 27% Boston qualifying times. Wow. Wow, yeah. that's impressive. Which is a lot because they do, a, they have a, like, there's about 800 participants, I think. So 200 people out of 800 qualifying for the for the Boston Marathon. Yeah, I think I think there was even more than 800 participants. Okay. It was like thou- more than a, a thousand. So I yeah, think. Anthony was a, was a, you were a, a volunteer there. Yeah, so. I actually I was uh, I was there first to encourage Armand. So I was there with our friend uh, Catherine, and we were close to the finish line, to just basically close the roads for the runner security. Uh, but it turned out that we were a hundred percent more encouraging runners rather than doing security work. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm just going to let you uh, continue on maybe your preparation towards there and later on we'll see uh, what happened on that day. Okay. So to prepare for this marathon, so I had run my first marathon training plan the year before. So I had a bit more experience with my long runs and so on. And I did the exact same plan. So like Kenny du Coureur, under three hours. Um, the guy making them is called Blaise Dubois. He's now like a mm-hmm. physiotherapist in Italy. He has all these clinics to himself. Um, and the thing about his training plans that I had never like imagined is, which is fairly simple, but you'll see is he never prescribes a distance to run. He always prescribes a time to run. So in Canada, there might be, or in Montreal, there, I, I live right next to water. So one day there might be 30 kilometers of wind with 40 kilometer gusts. Or like today I went running in knee high, knee high snow. So I, you can't tell me go run 10 kilometers in knee high snow you can tell me how much time I need to run. I know if you're running at a higher level, you can have like a power meter. There's like the stride power meters or whatever. But the easiest way to do so is to prescribe a time that you're running at a certain perceived effort. So that was yeah, the first time I was going with perceived effort. Um, there's a lot of things about the marathon prep that's different from the half. The half, you can kind of muscle your way through it, but you need to be a more, bit more tactical with the marathon because the marathon is a completely different beast. Um, I think the best metaphor is the pyramid metaphor where to build the, the wider the base of your pyramid, the higher the peak will be. The base being the, all your aerobic training and the peak being your anaerobic training. If oh, you I like invest, that. Isn't that a nice metaphor? It's really nice, yeah. So the more you invest into the aerobic, the more your anaerobic will pay off and the less injury prone you'll be. So you need to be as gradual as possible and build the pyramid. And you can't cut any corners. So nutrition, um, you need to have a plan ready, like a, a race strategy. You need to do your strength. You need to do your mobility to stay healthy and build up mileage slowly. Um, depending on your experience or how how long you've been running, you can vary your mileage. But I'd say for a, a sub three hour marathon, I was running about 100k per week um, when I was 14 weeks in, and the plan was 20 weeks. And okay. I had at 100% peak mileage, which was 100k per week. Um, I had four weeks of that in total. Wow! Uh, it's not the most mileage you've ever seen. 
Uh, but I think for for what I had in mind, it was fair. It's still pretty high. A hundred k for like eighteen years old. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. But I've seen people do like hundred forty, hundred ninety k's per week, and that's where you really get peaking. But I cannot imagine running that much. So. Like if if you were Jacob and Gabrickson, you'd run more kilometers per week. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I heard something about him. Um, where he said from 13 to 15, he was doing 120K weeks every week, something like that. Well, that makes sense, but at the same time, it doesn't make sense for a human being. <laughs> Very well said. <laughs> it makes sense, yet does not make a lot of sense. Yeah. That's what I can expect from the Ingebrigtsen brothers, but at the same time, they're... Different breed. Like, yeah, different breed. And um, you you talked about uh, aerob aerobic training. Did you sometimes had to replace maybe an easy run for let's say just a bike or cross train or swim sorry, if you, you had you the opportunity? Out. You cut sorry? out. If you, you cut out. If okay. You yeah. So you were talking about your aerobic training, and sometimes did you had did you have to switch runs, especially easy runs? for maybe a bike ride or a swim if you had the opportunity or did you always like stick to the running plan absolutely so um you need to always um project in that if you have a pain or an, an ache you need to absolutely immediately um uh, prioritize that ache or pain if you have a small ache in your foot go th towards cross training give yourself a few days because you need to project on the long term if you're doing a 20 week training plan which is i think which is quite long they go up to 24 but 20 weeks is no jokes it's 140 days you can't um you can't afford an injury or pain and ache in the first few weeks cross training is the best resource you have so for me is cycling my first um i'm not as much of a swimmer so i'm long and thin in the water i kind of sink <laughs> Um, I'm not bad um, at cycling. I, I did a few cyclotourism trips with my dad. Uh, I have a road bike. So and, and in Montreal, you have the the Gilles circuit. You have a bunch of really really nice uh, roads to go on, and you can hit the same intensity or even more than you would in your aerobic training without as much shock or almost no shock. Yeah, it's um, all about uh, changing the impact. Exactly. While your heart is still doing the aerobic work. Exactly. So you're not trying to peak. You're just trying to maintain and build base. So mm -hmm. in that sense, cross training is perfect. And uh, do you remember, like, did you sometimes plan, let's say, this week I'm going to do a bike ride? Even, even, if, even, even if you felt good, did you want to switch it up? Sometimes even, like, if you didn't, feel an injury coming so probably the most times i was cycling is in the beginning of my plan where my mileage was um, uh, very low and i was running more before i started so i took a small break mm. before i started my training plan but i wanted to do more um stay mature and don't do more but you can always go um, uh, for a bike ride another time is i stabbed my finger in the summer when i was working <laughs> I had my fingers stuck back together and I had a huge bandage around my arm, uh, my, my, my hand and I could not sweat too much in it. So instead of running and having impact, I went for slow bike rides or even indoor bike rides where I could manage how much I would sweat, manage the, 
the the temperature. Yeah, interesting. Even if you're a runner, you don't have to be injured in the lower limbs. It could even be like <laughs> your finger because yeah. of a stupid accident. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, you you still have to adapt to external factors, not just uh, running related factors. Absolutely. I'm I'm interested in the strength training you did because marathon is almost completely aerobic. I think it's like ninety five percent aerobic. It's not more. Five, yeah, five percent yeah, anaerobic. So it's mostly your oxygen consumption, but yet did you still do additional strength work to uh, complement your training? The strength work that I did was mostly in endurance strength work. I did not much uh, work much on power because I just didn't have that much experience in the gym, um, and I didn't want to risk it. But um, mm. I had, for example, deadlifted before. I had squatted before, um, and I had done like uh, other core exercises before. So the most uh, the strength training I would do, and I didn't, as I'm not a professional full time runner, so. I didn't have the time to go to the gym every day and invest in, in like full lower leg workout, lower body workouts. But I, what I could do is, for example, go to the gym. I try to pair my hard days. So when I, a day I had my workout, I would also do the strength training and do, for example, a full-on deadlift session. So I would go to the gym, do a 45-minute deadlift session, something like six sets of 20 reps with well. like increasing weight. And um, I do core and then stretch and go home okay nice so yeah. for strength you focus on basic compound movements exactly Do, yeah. and if you if you had more experience would you still stick to that or would you like to incorporate more uh maybe running specific movements i definitely would like to involve more running spe uh, running specific movements but it's also the time restriction So you have to yeah. be very disciplined and and uh, have very good time management to be able to go to the gym and um, uh, really target different running specific exercises. Um, as for me, a compound movement was simple. It's today I'm going to the gym. I'm going to do 45 minutes deadlift, not think about much, and uh, and just go home. So. Yeah, I But, totally agree. Especially like you said, you're a student athlete, and f first of all, a student, you you need to. Um, You need a lot of time for your for your studies. Yeah. So yeah. good time management skills are very important. And you managed to do so. I tried. Yeah, I know you tried your best. Most of my preparation was over summer. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So now it's October third, twenty twenty one. Yeah. It's race day. Um, it's a Sunday morning. What is going through your head as you? woke up this morning um so my brother was running the day before the half and i was up all day like just panicking for him being all stressed out and i had a big chemistry exam the monday after my own race so i had to study chemistry <laughs> i didn't sleep very well that night and um, i laid out all my gear but i got up very early around four to eat two hours two three hours prior to the race um and we headed out I was very, very stressed in the car till I got to the actual starting line, the starting area. I warmed up and um, I was with my dad and I really tried to focus on the plan that I had. So I had a plan and I thought to myself, if you stick to the plan, it's all going to be okay. A three-hour marathon is a big deal, um, but if you split it up, 
is can seem a lot more manageable. I knew I could run a 124 half marathon, which I had done in training, and I knew a 129 half marathon was not such a big deal for me at the time. If I could run one 129 followed by a 129.59, I'd be in great shape. <laughs> I had finished and I'd be all right. Obviously, it never goes to plan, but that's what I was thinking about. So stick to the plan. Uh, how's your nutrition strategy? Do you have everything you need? Um, and try to not um, be overwhelmed by the adrenaline of the starting line. So you're around all these big hairy men with their big aerobic beards, like, <laughs> and, and the scaly caps. Yeah, of course. And, you know, and, yeah, yeah, they look like they have more experience. It just, oh, yeah, it just exactly. shows. Don't be overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah and did you did the start was was the start like uh five runners at, at a time uh it was not i don't remember exactly how many but it was i think the what they did for covid was you had to keep your mask okay and um it was in a straight file so it okay. would be everybody from a coral would go but in a straight file so then we would be more distance, but as soon as it it started like the bodies around you it was kind of a little war going on so, well, do you think it was less intimidating than maybe, like, a real packed start? Yeah, absolutely. Like, less yeah. intimidating than, than Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. So, less pressure from the start for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's good news. Yeah, I could focus a lot more. My dad was right next to me on the other side of the of the fence. So, I started going, and from there, I really tried to calm down as much as possible, but it didn't go as planned. So, my first kilometer was something like 342 which didn't make much sense, but my heart rate was, was okay. I hadn't trained in a week because I, I thought I had extensor tendonitis where you're, the top of your foot is kind of sore or, or you have kind of a trouble extending it. And when the, the ground is angled upwards, you feel like it's working a lot harder. Um, so I started the race. I was focusing on my foot not hurting as much as like conserving my foot for as long as possible. So you, um, you modified your form? A bit, but also a bit. Um, not just that, but I was a bit worried about my heart rate. So I don't know, I, I was running every day and then suddenly a week, so my taper week, I took it a lot easier. I hadn't done my Sunday long run the, the week before. Um, and the two days before I was trying to not move as much as possible, put eyes on the foot. And I was more worried about the heart rate. So when I started, my heart rate okay. was fine. I was very like... I was calmed down. Um, not that it was excellent, but it was a manageable, manageable heart rate that I knew I could keep. It was going to be painful, but I could keep it. And as I started, um, yeah, I tried to f stick to the nutrition for the first um, first bit. My first gel was fine, and then I had started having stomach pain and the usual run that doesn't go as planned. So that was okay. Till as you know, at 32 kilometer, my foot cracked cracked quite literally so i had a foot fracture in the second metatarsal which um you thought me was quite frequent in four foot runners and um well i tried to f i tried to keep running i i was uh doing my best to not slow down and i think in the middle of the race it's very important for everybody that's running a marathon to have a mantra to have something that they're repeating to themselves to think about the people that are cheering on, uh, cheering you on, to think, I was thinking about my girlfriend at, at her home that was tracking me on the sports stats. 
thing. <laughs> I was thinking about my friends. I was thinking about you that was waiting at the end of the line. Till um, till I, I realized, so I had completely zoned out, tunnel vision, till I saw you at around, it was 42.1, so there was like 100 meters left. And I hear you yeah. and Katrin screaming my name. I kind of wake up from a dream, from a horrible dream. Just a, a quick note, I... S- I never saw someone like this, like he, Armand seemed dead. His eyes were literally dead. He was moving forward, but inside him, he looked like it It was over for him. So I, he, he was still moving forward. So, I mean, I just wanted him to get through the finish line, not slow down. I was kind of seeing that time. So I knew um, relatively to... Uh, well, to his uh, time goal, which was under three hours, like he just had to keep going and run the two, the remaining 200 meters. But it was so impressive how he was still running, but seemed completely dead. Yeah, that's the best way to describe it. I don't really remember the last like 10K. It passed so, so quick, well, so slow at the same time, but it was really a tunnel vision. My, I didn't hear anything. I could barely see. I could just see the, the small tunnel in front of me. So yeah, you woke me up and we saw the timer. I don't remember, something around 2.30, 2, 2.59.30. So I had a few yeah. more seconds to run the last 100 meters. I put all my energy into that till I got to the line and, and slowly stopped to realize my foot is broken. Like I could not walk further. My foot is broken. So I fall into Whoa. your arms and yeah. go to the med tent. Yeah. And the thing, there was like a kind of stressful moment because... Uh, I was running the last 200 meters next to Armand and there was, so there's a time over the finishing arch. However, this time is not the same as like the official chip time. Right. So Armand went like, he went through the finish line, uh, according to the, um, to the board over the finishing arch at, in, uh, two hours, 59 minutes and like 58 seconds. And it, it was, was like, like a such a close call, such a close call. Yeah, it was like no, no way he made it like two seconds uh, faster than his goal. But actually, was can you tell us your uh, official yeah. time? So we learned that I didn't start at zero zero. I had started at zero eighteen seconds. So the arch time is when they start the clock, but they can start the clock, and you can be a ten meters, twenty meters back from the start line and wait for the people to clear. And then you can go. So I started at 18 seconds, which um, which translated to an official time of 2:59:39. Yeah. Well, well, that's that's really amazing. And um, so after this marathon, I asked you, "What's your? When's your next marathon? What did you tell me?" I think that this marathon was quite a traumatizing experience (laughs) and that I should have been way more mature. I think that everybody can get through a marathon if they train properly and stay responsible. Obviously, I had very much overtrained um, and my tendonitis was not a tendonitis. It was uh, the beginning of a foot fracture, which was completed during the race. And I think if you train responsibly, it can be a good experience. In my case, it was quite traumatizing and like badly managed. But um, for me, I think I'm, I'll be taking a break from the marathon to simply focus on recovering my foot. And I really want to get back in that shape. I have a few races coming up. I have um, the, Montre- the Ottawa Half Marathon once again. Um, you're, coming, you're going back to your roots. Yeah, 
to relearn how to run and, and <laughs> get back into shape. And then we can maybe attempt requalifying for Boston or, or, or New York or whatever else comes to mind. Yeah. Nice. Great. Well, good luck for that because like, I, I know how running is important to you and yeah, just have these goals, these achievable goals that you actually want, uh, want to achieve as it's it helps even if you're in a race you said the most important thing in a race is uh, having a mantra yeah and also having your your why 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 are you running like fundamental fundamentally if it's uh, a superficial reason you might stop the race yeah if it's a more if it's a deeper reason then you might get through uh, unbelievable pain absolutely Uh, do you have a quote that relates to running that summarizes uh, your vision of the sport? Um, the quote I always have in mind is only fear regret. So I think from that point on, when I started liking running is when I realized that it was one of the only things that I was doing in my life. Absolutely for myself. Like it's a very absurd concept of going out of your stepping out of your house, opening the door to just go run and come back. Sometimes you see people run and you're like, what are you running away from? <laughs> That's quite literally it. So when you have problems, you run away from your problems and you hope they don't catch up to you. And um, usually the solution comes to, like if you're running for three hours and the solution does not come to you, then there, there won't be a solution. So only fear regret, I think, is, is the quote that summarizes it the best and uh, in a longevity way too. So don't be immature when running because you'll regret you'll regret it when you'll be injured but uh, don't stop running when you're racing because you'll regret it when you'll be done and you you won't have finished how you wanted to um i don't know it's a very uh, very polyvalent quote yeah, yeah I, i i love that like yeah it applies to many contexts but yeah oh yeah i really love that quote so to, to finish off this this episode I have a surprise for you. Rapid fire questions. So you answer in, I don't know, a word or a sentence. As soon as you uh, answer, I'm going on to the next question. Okay. okay. First question. <laughs> Favorite running shoe? Um, the Pegasus Turbo 2. So in the green vault color. <laughs> nice, nice. What's your favorite running brand? Nike. Yeah. Good. Who's your favorite runner? Elliot. The King Kipchoge. And what's your favorite event in Sorry, running? Cannot. What's your favorite event in running? Mm. Or distance? For me, I would say the half marathon. Yep. And last question. What's your go-to pre-workout snack? Peanut butter and toast. And Classic. You can, I, you can do that with the spicy peanut butter, I suggest. Because it has some cane sugar, some extra carbs. Oh, never tried that. Yeah, try some spicy peanut butter. First starts with spice, yeah. then a bit sugary, then back with spice, and then you get the peanut butter taste. It's it's perfect. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, I'll definitely definitely try this out. Usually, it's uh, peanut but peanut butter with banana. Classic too. You get the potassium. To, exactly, to stop you need the, the potassium. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so that pretty much sums it up for today. Thank you very much, everyone, for staying until the end. And to recap, uh, with Armand, we just went through 
how he got into running, um, his preparation for his, uh, for his marathon at 18 years old, and how he managed to run this marathon under three hours, which qualified him for the Boston Marathon. And feel free to follow me on Instagram at strideandseek, stride.and.seek, and also Armand's handle will be in the description below. So, see you later, guys. Thank you, Anthony.